Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Genesis chapter 34. As we've been looking at the life of Jacob, we, we, we know that he, he met the Lord and wrestled with the Lord a couple of weeks ago in the chapters we were looking at there. And uh, last time we were together, we saw how he had, uh, he had kind of had a, a, a bit of a change. No longer was he putting himself in the back and protecting himself, but he was coming to the front of the line to meet, uh, to meet his brother as he came. Um, but this time, Jacob, although he has now, maybe, a, maybe you could say he has a new heart. God's given him a new name, Israel. Um, he, he kind of steps back and he's not, uh, not doing what he ought to do. Um, now this chapter, as we look at it, it's, uh, it's a doozy. <laughs> if you've read ahead and you know what this chapter's about... Um, this is not your typical uh, Sunday school story for children. No, this is, uh, this is actually some quite, um, this is not exactly PG rated. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult passage to try to present. And, and maybe if you've read ahead, you've been wondering, what is Jared going to do with this? <laughs> well, let's go ahead and look at it and we'll see. And in verse 1 of chapter 34, Now Dinah, the daughter of Leah, whom she had borne to Jacob, went out to see the women of the land. And when Shechem, the son of Hamor, the Hivite, the prince of the land, saw her, he seized her and lay with her and humiliated her. And his soul was drawn to Dinah, the daughter of Jacob. He loved the young woman and spoke tenderly to her. So Shechem spoke to his father, Hamor, saying, Get me this girl for my wife. Now Jacob heard that he had defiled his daughter, Dinah. But his sons were with his livestock in the field. So Jacob held his peace until they came. And Hamor, the father of Shechem went out to Jacob to speak with him. The sons of Jacob had come in from the field as soon as they heard of it. And the men were indignant and very angry because he had done an outrageous thing in Israel by lying with Jacob's daughter, for such a thing must not be done. But Hamor spoke with them, saying, The soul of my son Shechem longs for your daughter. Please give her to him to be his wife. Make marriages with us. Give your daughters to us and take our daughters for yourselves. You shall dwell with us and the land shall be open to you. Dwell and trade in it and get property in it. Shechem also said to her father and to her brothers, Let me find favor in your eyes, and whatever you say to me, I will give. Ask for me, ask me for a great bride price, 
and gift as you will, and I will give whatever you say to me. Only give me the young woman to be my wife. The sons of Jacob answered Shechem and his father, Hamor, deceitfully, because he had defiled their sister Dinah. They said to them, We cannot do this thing to give our sister to the one who is uncircumcised, to one who is uncircumcised, for that would be a disgrace to us. Only on this condition will we agree with you, that you will become as we are by every male among you being circumcised. Then when we give our daughters to you, and we take will take your daughters so to, uh, to ourselves, and we will dwell with you and become one people. But if you will not listen to us and be circumcised, then we will take our daughter and we will be gone. The words pleased Hamor and Hamor's son Shechem. And the young man did not delay to do the thing because he delighted in Jacob's daughter. Now, he was the most honored of all his father's house. So Hamor and his son Shechem came to the gate of their city and spoke to the men of the city, saying, These men are at peace with us. Let them dwell in the land and trade in it, for behold, the land is large enough for them. Let us take their daughters as wives and let us give them our daughters. Only on this condition will the men agree to dwell with us and become one people. When every male among us is circumcised as they are circumcised, will not their livestock and property and all their beasts be ours? Only let us agree with them and they will dwell with us. And all who went out of the gate of the city listened to Hamor and his son Shechem. And every male was circumcised, all who went out of the city gate. On the third day, when they were sore, two of the sons of Jacob, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brother, took their swords and came against the city while it, still, while it felt secure and killed all the males. They killed Hamor and his son Shechem with the sword and took Dinah out of Shechem, Shechem's house and went away. The sons of Jacob came upon the slain and plundered the city because they had defiled their sister. They took their flocks and their herds, their donkeys and whatever was in the city and it and in the field, all their wealth, all their little ones, and their wives, and all that was in the houses, they captured and plundered. Then Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, You have brought trouble on me by making me stink to the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites and the Perizzites. My numbers are few, and if they gather themselves against me and attack me, I shall be destroyed, both I and my household. But they said, should he treat our sister like a prostitute? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Lord, help us uh, with this difficult passage. Help us to understand what you want us to know for our lives. 
Lord, give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to obey. And Father, I pray that you would give me strength and give me your grace as I preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. This is a kind of a sobering passage. Uh, I mean, uh, we're not used to the heroes, you know, uh, the biblical heroes, the patriarchs going out and slaughtering a city. And we're not used to a, a Bible story about a sexual assault. And yet this is what we have here today. Let's, uh, let's take a look at it a, a little bit at a time. First of all, we see Dinah. She went out to see the women of the land. And I think this is a, an innocent thing on her, beha- on her behalf. She, she wasn't going out looking for trouble. Uh, she, you know, she was maybe the only daughter there of Jacob, and uh, she wanted to go meet the other ladies in the area. Wanted to go meet someone her own, uh, um, maybe go meet somebody her own age uh, and her own gender to have a friend. Yet it was dangerous. And uh, where was Jacob here? Jacob, he had lived here growing up, and maybe he, he should have known what this culture was like. We can think back to uh, the time whenever uh, Abraham, uh, Abraham, um, uh, went down and, and Pharaoh, uh, he, whenever he uh, t- told um, Pharaoh that his wife was his sister. And um, Pharaoh's response was, you shouldn't have done that because at any moment, uh, someone, one of the men might have taken her. And then we would be guilty. And uh, we, we see the same kind of thing when it comes to Isaac, whenever he did the same thing as his father did and, and had, had this sister fib idea. Um, same kind of thing. Uh, Abimelech thought, well, someone may have taken her. Um, the truth is that the Canaanite people, apparently this is what their culture was like. If you want someone, you take them. And you, you don't ask questions, you don't court or anything like that. You just take what you want. And that's the way the Canaanite culture was. And he sh- so Jacob should have warned his daughter before she went out. Uh, as... as uh, Members of our congregation, uh, as a father myself, uh, and as with those that we have loved ones who were young ladies, we should be watching over them. We should warn them about the dangers of today's society. Warn them of the dangers uh, of, of uh, straying away from, um, from home. Things can happen. Uh, and I think... Uh, Jacob may have been a little bit derelict in his duty as a father to train up his children and warn them of the dangers of the, of the society they were living in. Whenever Dinah is out, um, there does not seem to be any kind of uh, guilt at all associated with her. This is all upon uh, Shechem. Uh, Shechem, the son of Hamor. Now, Hamor is the same one that, uh, he had, that uh, Jacob had bought the land from in the last uh, passage that we looked at. Um, but Hamor is a name that really fits his character. Because Hamor is the same word for donkey. And this man, Hamor, uh, really acts like what we might, the term we might use for someone who acts like a donkey 
in our society today or raises a son to do that kind of thing. He acted like a donkey, just to keep it clean. Hamor, uh, so Shechem, he, he, he takes what he wants. He, he, he sees her, he sees she's beautiful, and he just takes her. This is an assault. It is, it is, uh, it is evil what he has done. And, uh, um, and it, it is surprising as we look here at the text, when, when Jacob hears about it, he keeps, us, he keeps quiet. Uh, we see here, verse 5, Now Jacob heard that he had defiled his daughter Dinah, but his sons were with the livestock in the field. So Jacob held his peace until they came. Where was the outrage on Jacob's part? Why wasn't he upset? Why wasn't he doing something about what had happened? But instead, his sons take matters into their own hands. Why wasn't Jacob training up his sons to do this properly? So, we see then um, Hamor, he comes to Jacob and he asks um, for Dinah's hand in marriage for, uh, for his son Shechem. And, and we see this, this uh, offer to, to uh, Jacob. He says, um, give your daughter to us and take our daughters for yourselves. You shall dwell with us in the land and it shall be open to you. Dwell in it, trade in it, and get property in it. He's saying, uh, just come and join us. Come and join us. Live the way we do. Take our daughters. Basically telling, uh, telling Jacob, you know, Shechem has taken your daughter. Why don't uh, your sons do the same thing to our daughters? He's, he's telling him, live like us, adopt our morals, adopt the same kind of culture we have, and we will give you the land. You know what? God had already promised Jacob the land. God had already promised, and God promised this the, to give him uh, and his seed, his descendants, uh, the land of Canaan in his time and in his way. But the world, uh, the Canaanite, this, this Hamor, offered Jacob to give the thing that God was already going to give him at the cost of living like the world. And that is what the world does to us. That is what the world does to us. Come and live like us. Adopt our morals. Be, make no distinction between us and you. And we'll give you all the blessings that God has already promised you. That's what the world wants us to do. Let's continue to look here. Shechem promises to, to give a, a, a whatever the, the, uh, is asked for the bride price. Whatever is asked, he'll give. And um, the sons of Jacob answered, and it tells us here in the text, he answered Hamor deceitfully. Deceitfully. Now, we know here, I've already read the text, it tells us, they tell him, if all your males are circumcised, if you, if Hamor and Shechem and all of them become circumcised just as we are, 
then we will agree to this. Um, they were not; they had no intention of going through with that. They were already plotting their revenge. But they had some kind of a truth there. God did tell Abraham that, that he and all of his male descendants were to be circumcised. And that was distinguishing them as a separate people from all of the other peoples around. And so, uh, but, but whenever they tell um, Shechem this and Hamor this, they're not concerned about the reason. The reason is not about the circumcision. It's not about race. It's not about culture or anything like that. What the, what the reason was is loyalty to Yahweh. Loyalty to God alone. This is a religious thing. The, the, it, it is a moral thing. The, Hamor and, and Shechem, they were pagan. They did not worship the Lord. And, and they were under the curse. And they were trying to get Jacob and his descendants to come and join them being under the curse. And Jacob's sons tell him, if you do this, we'll join with you. Well, Hamor, he's pleased by this. And so is Shechem. And they go and they do what they've been asked to do. They go and they, they must have really, really wanted Dinah to, be, to go through with something like that. But look at one of their other motivations here. One of their motivations, it says, only in this condition will the men agree with us to dwell and become one people when every male among us is circumcised as they are circumcised Will not their livestock, their property, and all their beasts be ours? What they want is that um, Jacob and his sons and their descendants would, uh, would become a part of them, would become a part of the Canaanites, and then they would have everything. They would get all of Jacob's stuff. All of the blessings, all the livestock, all of the things that, that uh, God had given Jacob would now become a part of the Canaanites. Well, they do this, and as we've read, on the third day, when they were sore. I almost think Moses must have had a sense of humor as he wrote these words. When they were sore... The sons of Jacob, Simeon and Levi, those were the two oldest, the two firstborn. Simeon and Levi, um, they took their swords and they went against the city and it felt secure, as it felt secure, and killed all the males. This is, uh, this is vengeance that's taken place, not justice. You know, Deuteronomy gives us instructions on what justice would be in a case like this. Uh, if in the case of someone who is betrothed and this kind of thing happens, um, what Deuteronomy calls for is for that the, the individual who committed the crime to be killed. The death penalty. If this is a betrothed woman. And if, if it's not a betrothed woman, if it's someone who's not betrothed to anyone... The, then they must make restitution 
And they are required to marry the woman and never divorce. Um, and um, they, Jacob's sons were not concerned about restitution. They were not concerned about justice. They were concerned about revenge. Let's not be motivated about those kinds of things. Let's not be motivated by revenge. When someone harms us, justice is a good thing to desire, but not revenge. Don't go beyond what justice requires. The next thing I notice not only had uh, Simeon and Levi gone in and killed Hamor and Shechem and all the males, but then all of the other brothers come in and they plunder the land. They plunder the land. And how does Jacob respond? Jacob, his concern is not, how could you do this evil thing? How could you, how could you commit a war crime? How could you commit uh, an atrocity like this? His concern was, you've made trouble for me. Because you've done this, other people are going to try to attack me back. It wasn't the sin against God that Jacob was concerned about. It was the fact that it was going to cause him trouble. And we see at the beginning of the next chapter, they pick up and they move to a different place to be safe. What we see in this text, everything is messed up. It's not the way it's supposed to be. The concerns of Jacob's sons are on revenge. You see an assault taking place from the very beginning. It is not the way it's supposed to be. This is a tragic story. And we want to ask the question, where is the gospel in all of this? Where is the gospel in this? And I think the the gospel comes in in the next chapter. We see God encountering Jacob again, reminding him, you're not Jacob, you are Israel. We we, we see him reminded again that God is going to give him, uh, make him fruitful and multiply, that God is going to give him the land, He's going to give him descendants as many as the sand of the sea. And God's blessing, God's favor on Jacob, His salvation is not dependent upon what He has done. In spite of the fact he already had wrestled with God, he had already had a new name, Jacob was still acting a fool. He was a derelict father and he did not train up his his boys to do what was right. His sons were murderers concerned only about revenge. And yet, they were saved. Not because they were good, but because of the promise of God. Because God chose to save them in order to save the world. We see an ugly chapter as far as the events that took place. Now God's Word is perfect. God's Word is beautiful. God's Word is good because it is God's Word. But we see in this a a, a picture of how ugly sin is. 
of how ugly sin is and how it affects us even after we have encountered God. And we see a reminder that God saves people like that. God saves people like Jacob. People like Simeon. People like Levi. Levi whose descendants became the priests. The ones who would guard the holiness for the people. We see here again demonstrated the grace of God. Wherever we have been, whatever we have done, regardless of how low we feel that we have sinned and we have fallen, God, we have not gone beyond God's reach. He is, His grace is enough to save us, to cover over a multitude of sins. His grace is enough to save us in spite of all of the wrong things we have done because His grace is grace. We don't earn it. It's grace. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.